0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Pierre van Hoydonk and Terry Butcher assess the transfer window so far and look ahead to the Scottish Cup. Stephen McManus hopes to save Celtic millions by succeeding in his new coaching role at the club. And Chris Erskine moves from Partick Thistle to Livingston. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna. And we have had our winter break three days now until it all starts again. Cowdenbeath against Rangers, four days until the Scottish Cup holder Celtic begin their defence against Airdrie As you said, Chris Erskine signs for Livy St Mirren sign a player, Hamilton sign a player, Dundee sign a player We're just worried Spurs move for Daza now that Harry Kane's injured I was going to say Gordon, your warm weather training has taken you to Dumbarton And then mm-hmm. to Airdrie yeah. Are you looking forward to the return of the top flight teams in the Scottish Cup this weekend? Yeah, I, I, I really like the Scottish Cup Gordon Because it will uh, hopefully uh, bring up a surprise somewhere I think that's always good for football. Where is this surprise going to be? You're looking about, you know, you look at Celtic against Airdrie. I watched my old team Airdrie at the weekend. They're going to Celtic Park. Celtic just back from the Dubai, the warm weather over there, sunshine on their back. I think it'll be a long day for Airdrie. Cowden Beath, I'm desperate to see Defoe's face when he gets off that team bus and walks into that dressing room. Um, but um, I'm going to Kilmarnock. I think uh, Alison may change that In the next 24 hours I'm really looking forward And I think she's just Sent me down there To see her old team Our favourite team for her It's 01419511025 For you to get in touch On the phones tonight And let's hear from you We're on Twitter At Clyde SSB Also In the second hour Of tonight's show We're going to be joined By a young footballer uh, With a very touching story To tell about the power Of football So we'll do that After 7 o'clock Roger The transfer window Swung open dramatically here We had a, an incredible start With some high profile signings In the first few days um, Things have died down In the last couple of days Certainly with regards To Celtic and Rangers And all that's done Is just allowed the rumour mill To turn at an incredible rate You're seeing all sorts of names Out there uh, Whether it's Yaya Toure Whether it's Scott McKenna Being pictured in Glasgow taxis um, And so on and so forth Yeah and listen That's what It's inevitable Because The transfer activity During the course of the season Is Compressed into the month of January Once it window shuts on the 31st of August You know, that's due to the next year With with the exception of this little 31 day Spell in the month of January So all the transfer activity has got to be done this month Celtic and Rangers move very quickly I think seven, seven deals done between the two of them In the first seven or eight days of the month There's now a little break There will be more coming I'm not convinced Yaya Toure or Scott McKenna will be among them though I think poor Scott was only heading for a coffee with his girlfriend Took an Uber And the next thing he knows he's signing for Celtic according to social media Easily done Gordon You'll have been pictured in some <laughs> different places over, over the years many, I'm sure. many, many times Gordon In fact yeah. I was in here one night And somebody said they actually uh, was talking to me in Sainsbury's and East Kilbride not being in Sainsbury's and East Kilbride so okay. they're wrong Gordon right, I'm glad you put that to bed because we were all really worried about that uh, as Roger says a couple of uh, other signings to tell you today Chris Erskine signing for Livingston Partick Thistle fans I wonder how you feel about that things aren't going so well at the moment and obviously was a or certainly is a, a fan's favourite a, a big part of what's happened there in recent years uh, Hamilton Ackies have signed Steve Davis not Snooker player not that one and not not that one either 
the, the third one if you like No offence to him uh, And we've also Dundee um, Andy Dale signing for Dundee So lots happening But what more do you want to see from your team in the coming days And what about some early thoughts ahead of the Scottish Cup then 01419511025 That's the number you need Do it right now uh, And if you would rather tweet Then you will find us at Clyde SSB And there we are It's, it's on already Kev IN He says Can you ask Roger if he's heard anything about McCarthy Heard from a very reliable source Oh, I wonder if that's the same fellow that took Scott McKenna for his coffee this morning But listen, McCarthy I think will go somewhere For me, West Bromwich Albion currently are leading the chase to get James McCarthy um, This was actually mentioned in the show seven days ago when myself and Gordon were on And I like James McCarthy, terrific player You have to remember, he hasn't kicked a football for a year um, He'll need to go somewhere to play football I don't think Celtic... Is the type of place where people should be coming to get their fitness back Particularly when there's a title race on I'm not sure James McCarthy currently you know, would get into the Celtic team We've been speaking to Pierre van Hooydonk today He says Celtic could regret not strengthening in earlier windows And he's calling on the board to fully back Brendan Rodgers The former striker says there's no need to panic But they must realise that their domestic dominance is under threat they're still top of the league, but I think they they realise now that they really got a competitor with Rangers. If the manager is looking for players, then then you should definitely back him, especially somebody who has done so well for for Celtic for some years. This season is is, is you know like like in the beginning you should have come up with with like your you have to challenge uh, Barcelona. In your league, and don't take anything for granted because your enemy, you know, never sleeps. And it's, if you think he's sleeping, then he wakes you up and he hits you. Still in okay position, you know. I prefer a selfish position than ranger position in th- this case. But there is a challenge, that's for sure. What a line that is, Roger Hanna. Your enemy never. What was it? Your enemy never sleeps. Yeah, he wake up and hit you when you least expect it, essentially, was what Pierre van Hooydonk was. And I'm assuming he was referring to Rangers uh, with regards to Celtic's transfers at the moment as well. Yeah, there must be a, an, a an old like, Dutch like proverb that, yeah. that, I think. Um, and you know exactly what he means. And you know exactly what he means when he says, you know, the inactivity in previous transfer windows or the lack of, of sensible business in previous transfer windows could come back to haunt Celtic. Um, there is a title race on. Uh, I think Celtic are still in pole position They win the game against St Johnson That game in hand Puts them three points clear um, The next Old Firm game is at Celtic Park As well as he's been moved to March 31 As usual for the telly So it's still in Celtic's hands But Rangers are there Kilmarnock are there Aberdeen are there And once we get the Scottish Cup Fourth round fixtures out the way At the weekend Next midweek We're back into the proper Premiership stuff And, and that is when the title race Really begins to, to gather momentum yeah, I'm looking forward to that after the Scottish Cup, Gordon. It all kicks off on the Wednesday night. Um, Celtic at home to St Mirren and Kilmarnock at home to Rangers, which will be a terrific game and uh, my team Motherwell play Hibs, so I'm looking forward to that one as well. So, Are you, you going to the Motherwell game, Dan? Yeah, I don't know, Roger. I'm going to pick one because Mark and I have decided you'll go to one, I'll go to the other because we're on the Thursday night. We like to do a bit of research, make sure we're right on the ball. For the callers coming in with the questions What, so I'm what, rolling what for when he's going up to Aberdeen, Kelly? Uh, no, none of us uh, will either be Celtic, Rangers or uh, hopefully I'll try and sneak up to Fir Park uh, John Paul Monaghan's on Roger and he says Yaya Touri will be a Celtic player by the end of the week Mark my words, he says I, I, I will mark those words <laughs> There we go 
I don't think there's much more to add I like it Well I like the tweet For future reference That's yeah, always and, a good way and, of doing and it And listen I was quite surprised that, You know the way Yaya spoke about it last night Yaya Wherever he goes Will command Significant wages um, For a player At his age um, It would be a, Probably a club record Investment by Celtic I'm just not sure It's a lane Celtic Want to get down He was at Olympiacos In the first half of the season Didn't really play Wonderful player In his day one of the best players I have seen live playing football, a terrific player in his day, but a bit like James McCarthy, who is a terrific player when he's fit and going, I'm you know, not sure Yaya Touré is in a physical position at the minute to come in and influence things for Celtic. And do Celtic have the time at the minute to give Yaya Touré the games he will need to get back to the pace that Celtic need him at. Right, let's hear from you then. 01419511025. If you would rather tweet, then we are at Clyde SSB. Alec is a Celtic fan on the line. Hi, Alec. Hi, lads. How are we doing? Hi, Alec. Uh, looking forward to getting into the game on Saturday. Uh, as I said to Andy, I like the time. Uh, quarter past five on a Saturday. So, looking forward to that. Should be a good game. Uh, hopefully, maybe see. A couple of the new faces. Uh, I think that this wee next block of games, uh, as, as I said to Andy as well, I booked a wee holiday, a wee family holiday to Fort Ventura in January. Oh, very nice. I didn't know that the, the week that I'm away, I'm missing three home games at Selic Park. Alec, you might check these things. Come on. I, well, I, I thought that the January, I, I thought that the, the, the January, the, the winter windy would have covered January and. To my surprise, obviously, I've, I've checked after I booked it. I've gave the wife a wee dunt about half twelve at night and says, here, I'm missing three home games. And she wasn't too pleased. <laughs> I'm just glad that story ended uh, differently. Um, I think we, we, we Please move on don't quickly. let me pick that one up. No, no, I think that's <laughs> not one for you uh, at all. Um, having said that, and I'm just being purely selfish, I hate the time because it's not good for us, but there we go. I'm allowed to be selfish on that, Roger. Um, but do you think we will see... A lot of, of debutants at the weekend Or will it be a more phased approach? Um, I would think you would probably see them I'm not saying you see them from the start I think you would see them at some stage Because Celtic are so light in numbers In attacking areas Brendan Rodgers will need these guys And he'll need them to hit the ground running Lee Griffiths still away from the club at the minute um, Odson Edward, the only fit striker And he wasn't fit enough to start Celtic's last game um, They've got young Mikey Johnson but you know, in terms of central attacking players, I think Celtic would like to get Bio going once he gets his work permit. We are going as soon as possible, and Burke going as soon as possible, and as soon as possible probably means, as Alex says, five fifteen on Saturday. I think it's a great opportunity to play them, Roger. Get them in as quick as you can. Bed them in. Bed them into Celtic Park as well. Get them used to the the pitch because it is a different pitch because they spent a lot of money on it. Uh, get them used to their teammates, Gordon, because no disrespect, I watched Airdrie at the weekend, nobody's given them a chance, they will go there, they will do their very best under Ian Murray, they will try their hardest, but the quality will shine through and uh, I think it is a terrific opportunity before the league campaign kicks in, 
Get them in, get them bedded in, get them playing. I noticed throughout the show on Saturday, Gordon, you were referring to Daz's game, Airdrie versus Wraith, as the, the Gordon DL derby. It was I, only right. I take it come 5.15 on Saturday, Celtic v Airdrie becomes the Mark Wilson mushroom derby. That's very true. Something that I will pick up on at the weekend. And the reason that we've been hearing from Pierre Van Hoydonk today, Roger, is his obvious connections with that fixture. Scoring yeah. that famous mm. Scottish Cup goal against Airdrie, that one you remember well? Yeah, 1995, I remember it. I think the... Is that a header, Roger? Yeah, an iconic picture of him going above an Airdrie defender by the name of Graham Hay. I think Graham Hay at that stage was the only one of the Airdrie team who was part time. He worked in a bank Monday to Friday, and on a Saturday afternoon, he was given the job of marking Pierre Van Hooydonk in a Scottish Cup final. A huge goal for Celtic, a huge trophy for Celtic. I think it was the only trophy of of Tommy Burns' reign as Celtic manager, and because of that, it will always retain a special place in the affections of Celtic supporters and and Celtic. You know, as a club, it was a hugely significant cup final victory, and because of it, you know, Celtic fans will always remember Big Pierre fondly. Well, one four one nine five one one zero two five. Big thank you to Alec on the line. Keep your calls coming. Remember, you can also tweet at Clyde SSB. All the tweets that have just come in in the last two minutes are along a similar theme, and I won't read them because I think Brian in Pollock, who's a Celtic fan, uh, is going to cover off that very point. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you doing, God? Not bad. What's your point? Uh, I was just listening to Roger there when he was talking about the, the possibility of Toure coming to Celtic. I'm not, I think I would probably agree with most of what he was saying, but I was just wondering if he thinks the same applies to Jermaine Defoe. He's pretty much exact same situation as yeah, yeah, Toure, I, I, I think the only difference is um, that Defoe has been playing. Now, he's only been playing, I think, in the kind of under 23 team for Bournemouth, very sporadic games for Bournemouth. Um, but he has been there, he's been training, he's been training with the first team, he's up to speed in terms of fitness. Um, Toure has been away from Olympiacos now for a period of time. He was played very sparingly over in Greece. Um, I, th- I think if, you know, it would be different. If Celtic were signing Yaya Toure today from Olympiacos, and he had played 25-30 games for Olympiacos in the first half of the season, Brian, I would have said he would have been a wonderful signing because, as I say, on his day, he's one of the best players I've ever seen live. You know, you watch him when he was at his peak at Manchester City, a superb player. I can actually remember the first time I saw him, believe it or not, was at Tannadice. Barcelona were playing a pre-season friendly against Indy United, and they should have thrown on a second ball for the other 21 players because Yaya Toure... Could have kept the ball for fun off everybody else through the throughout the course of the game. A fantastic footballer. I'm just not sure at the minute he's ready to go into it. And it's not just the Celtic team. I would say the same if, for argument's sake, West Ham or Crystal Palace or Brighton were trying to sign him. Do, I do you not think, think he... Roger? Sorry, I don't. I, I think it's completely different. I think that Rangers needed a centre forward because obviously Lafferty was brought in. He's not hit the ground running. Uh, he can play off the left-hand side. Morelos needed someone in there to help him or play alongside him. If you look at Celtic, they've got an abundance of midfield players. So I think it's different that, you know, you're saying, well, Defoe's 35, two, uh, Yaya Toure's 35, I think. So it's completely different. I think Celtic are overloaded in there. I think they've got enough in there. So I think that's the reason they won't go for him. Plus the fact, it's not really the way they're going about their business. They're signing younger players to progress. I noticed Tom Rogic scored a very Tom Rogic-esque yeah. goal for Australia the, this afternoon. Uh, Brian, what do you make of the guy's comments? Uh, no, well, the, the reason, just the reason I called in is because, as far as looking for it, the outside, I mean, 
Toure, I'm not exactly sure how many times Toure appeared for Olympiacos this year, but I remember the start when it came up at the time that Defoe had only played 22 minutes of first-team football yeah. this year, or this season, sorry. And, and listen, and it's going know, to be—it's going, it's going to be interesting we as well, Brian, to, to see how much football he gets for Rangers. We, 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 this, this has been an ongoing debate on the show ever since Jermaine Defoe signed. You know, does Defoe start ahead of Morelos? You, you can't see that. Does he start alongside Morelos? Well, for that to happen, Stephen Gerrard is going to have to tinker with the system that he's used in the first half of the season. And does he want to do that when that system has just proved good enough to beat Celtic by a goal to nil? So. The whole thing is going to be fascinating to see how it all shakes down. Does Defoe start at Cowdenbeath? I mean, Gordon was just asking what Celtic do in terms of the new signings. Did they get thrown straight in against Airdrie on Saturday night? Does Jermaine Defoe get thrown mm. straight in to Central Park among the stock cars on, on Friday night? Brian, what's next for your team? If you if you had the, the money, if you were making the decisions, what would be next? Oh, I think I'd, I would go with... It seems to be that they're trying to get a right back, which... I would agree that that's probably the, the main priority. Ideally, if you're going to be losing Benkovic and Boyata in the summer, then you would be wanting a centre-half to come in. You wouldn't be wanting to be starting a new season with a brand-new partnership. So you would want at least some one person who's going to be playing next season there than now. Yeah, Roger, it's certainly not, not a right-back, but on the defensive situation, like we said, this is what social media can, can run away with itself. Pictures of Scott McKenna Rumours about him being in Glasgow And being at Ross Hall And being here, there and everywhere He was in Glasgow Aberdeen flew into Glasgow last night He stayed in Glasgow He was in and around Glasgow That does not mean a move to Celtic is imminent It doesn't mean it won't happen But it's certainly not Not particularly worth discussing at this moment in time Yeah, listen You never say never in Scottish football, Gordon But um, as as we stand here The back of six on a Tuesday night Scott McKenna is you know, staying at Aberdeen He was in Glasgow, he stayed overnight He had a meeting today with his agent um, I think a, a taxi driver got a picture of him With his girlfriend earlier this morning When they were going for coffee And in these days of social media that, That's as good as signing a five-year deal for Celtic um, I think Celtic probably should sign Scott McKenna if not in this window, then in a, a future window Because I rate the lad highly I think he's a very good player I think he's going to have a long and successful career And, you know, as Brian was saying Look at the Celtic Central defensive situation Bayata will leave in the summer Benkovic will go back to Leicester in the summer Brendan Rodgers said at the weekend Jack Henry is going to be allowed out on loan for a period of time now Marvin Comper, I think we've decided Isn't going to be the answer to Celtic Central defensive uh, problems Simunovic is getting further and further away from the first team I know what Brian means When you say you don't want to start a new season With a new central defensive pairing I think Celtic are certain to start the new season With a new central defensive pairing Well if taking your clues from social media is your thing Then you might want to talk about Ravel Morrison Who knows But we're going to hear from Terry Butcher After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompsons.com Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here And they are awaiting your calls So get in touch Or send us a tweet At Clyde SSB uh, Just before the, the, the travel Roger We were talking about The social media age And what it does to You know uh, Sort of accelerate Rumour and all the rest of it How much is your role then? How much does the role of a journalist Changed in this social media age Because I'm going to guess that 10 years ago You don't care if Ravel Morrison Has started following Stephen Gerrard And Rangers on Instagram But all of a sudden 
if that's what happens, then you think oh, there must be something well, in it. There must be a transfer rumor, and I assume you then have to. Well, listen, ten years ago there wasn't any of this snap grammar, Insta chat, whatever you call it. Or, or, Is that your Hugh Keevens impression? Yeah, something like that. Although ten years ago Hugh did have the same phone. Um, well, all it does is it means a lot of my day is spent checking out stories. You know, is the taxi driver right? Is Scott McKenna signing for Celtic? <clears throat> you very quickly find out, no, he is not today. Um, you check out story B, story C, story D. And listen, to be fair, some of them prove to be correct. And sometimes what looks like a, for argument's sake, you know, a Twitter rumour has, a you know, a good bit of substance to it. And I certainly would never criticise the people on Twitter because quite often they are the guys that break the stories nowadays. That's what I was saying. These, are, know, these are the signs now. And, Timothy Weir did it, didn't he? And, and now, so people look yeah. at Ravel Morrison last night. T- and, and Timothy Weir did it. Yeah. Started following Celtic, started following Celtic players. And that is the first hint anyone got that he was signing for the club. My job's changed. You know, since I started, I'm looking behind you, big television, Sky Sports News, 24 7 Sky Sports News, trying to break stories. Um, so a lot of the time they'll break stories Some of the time they'll get it wrong as well um, So it's now becoming Rather than just one newspaper a day You find that there's rolling 24-7 television There's the internet There's Instagram There's Snapchat There's Twitter There's Facebook There's all different mediums to break stories um, doesn't make the job any harder Doesn't make it any easier Just makes it different Gordon I speak on behalf of the entire nation Gordon Dale When I say that we are delighted Snapchat wasn't around in your day I think we'll leave that one there 01419511025 totally uh, On Twitter we are at ClydeSSB uh, Let's get back to the phones We're going to hear from Terry Butcher soon as well But let's hear from Mark Who's a Rangers fan on the line Hi Mark Hi how you doing It's just about uh, Friday's game against Scout and Beef It's just to see Ask Gordon Dale Do you think Rangers Will give the boy Dallas a run out And Maybe play Lafferty And a lot of the Finch players Um What he thinks I mean I wouldn't be playing Dog players In case they get injured Because that park In the winter Is going to be bumpy I was up there before Watching Rangers And it's just uh, Near fence there But it's not a park You like to play Your top stars in no, you're not being disrespectful. It's not the greatest place in the world to go and play your football, you've got to say. But um, people have to start somewhere. And Cowdenbeath players, a lot of players have moved on from Cowdenbeath to uh, bigger clubs like East Fife and Red Rovers. Um, but um, I think it will be a, a mixed bag. It'll depend on if he wants to get the full maybe... 60 minutes or he doesn't want to risk him up there I don't see young Dallas playing I think they've just got to go get the tie one quickly as uh, they possibly can Which they should do And then use your three substitutions So it'll be interesting to see what his team lines is uh, They've done a lot of work away in Tenerife um, And he'll be looking at one or two players thinking Yeah, 60-70 minutes under a belt will do them good, uh, especially with the league campaign starting on the Wednesday night. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see if Defoe does start. I'm looking forward, as Roger was saying earlier, to see if he's going to change the formation. Because I'd certainly think that he will try Defoe and Morelis at some point. And he's probably been working on it in Tenerife to see how it goes. And uh, it's competition for places because Rangers have got a big squad now. And you need to remember as well that Rangers have this friendly against HGK Helsinki at Ibrox at noon on Sunday. So I think the ones who who don't play on Mm -hmm. Friday night will get a run out for part of the game against Helsinki on the Sunday. Um, They haven't had a game since December the 29th, a long time. 
without any football I think he'll want to get minutes into the legs of as many players as he possibly can ahead of what will be a Quite a difficult game at Kilmarnock like on the Wednesday night I think fans of, of all teams pretty much like to see youngsters given a chance And Andy Dallas was a name you know we've heard a couple of times in the last few weeks or a couple of months Roger You have to imagine though just by the simple fact that Jermaine Defoe has arrived That, that makes it harder for, for Andy Dallas to get a, a run out in the team Yeah absolutely it does a bit like Michael Johnson at Celtic You know Michael Johnson would probably think his breakthrough was close A couple of goals I think it was against Indy pre-Christmas A start against Rangers and then all of a sudden, in come Bio and Weir and Burke. And he looks as far away from the first team as he ever has done. And I think Andrew Dallas is in the same boat. You know, with the arrival of Defoe, Morelos has scored 20 goals. Lafferty's there as well. I think for, for young Andrew Dallas, he probably feels a bit as far away from the first team as he's I, ever I done. I think a loan, a loan deal would uh, probably suit the young lad um, well, Gordon. I think that once the, the squad settles down near the end of the transfer window, if someone came knocking... I think Stephen Gerrard might just look at that if everybody was fit. Uh, Mark, you do have another name you want to throw into the mix. What is it? Yeah, it was just to see the boy Halkett. There were a lot of rumours uh, Stephen Gerrard was wanting to bring him in just to see if there's any, anything about that so far. Have you heard anything? No, we haven't heard anything at all. The very good player. I like him. I think um, he could have stayed at Rangers, I think. At the time he, he left He had an opportunity I think to sign a new contract But he wanted to go out And play first team football That meant first team football At the bottom end of the championship Livingston were actually Relegating after that So he stuck with them Became captain Through League 1 Through the championship Into the top 6 Of the premiership For a spell this season And he's never looked Out of place he, You know He always looks Comfortable in games I think he's a really good Centre half um, To answer your question though Haven't heard anything about A return to Rangers at all The Rangers Central defensive thing Is very interesting um, Nottingham Forest Have a new manager today And Martin O'Neill Does that mean Joe Wardle Could be recalled By Nottingham Forest Before the months out um, Gareth McCauley's only in a deal To the end of the season as well So You know it be interesting to see What Stephen Gerrard thinks Going forward About central defence And whether That would involve A return to the club For mm. Craig Halkett We're going to hear from Terry Butcher But let's hear from you 01419511025 Give us a call Uh, Terry Butcher says Jermaine Defoe Stephen Davis Could make all the difference In the title race That's if Celtic Don't strengthen further Uh, The Jersey legend says It's the first time Recently the Hoops dominance Has been under threat uh, And says at the moment He can't tell Who will come out on top Well it's the most open Race for the title um, In a good number of years But you sort of think You know Well Celtic could and should Wake up to the fact That they are in a a title race now Which they haven't been before So I'm sure Stephen Gerrard Would would want a few more in As well as Steve Davis And Jermaine Defoe But whether he gets that or not I don't don't know But it could be the difference Um, Jermaine Defoe and Steve Davis Could be all Could make all the difference To Rangers And I think that's that's why That's why why they're here They're here to make that difference As well So they could stimulate more But I don't think Do you think there's any more rabbits He can pull out of the hat here Any more international players He might bring up I don't know I, You know I think he's done wonders To get those two players And the calibre of those two players So they've done their business as well They've brought good players in um, Not so much of a household name Than, than Rangers too But certainly the, the, the new additions To any squad No matter who they are If they're famous or not Can certainly lift the squad as well Particularly when they see the talent And the, the ability that these players have And I'm sure Celtic will want to get back on that pitch as, as quickly as possible and Rangers can't wait as well but you know they've got difficult games coming up the next three games are away from home I just can't wait till the football starts back Gordon and Roger mm-hmm. because at the moment we're hearing very similar comments and people of course what is it Hugh Keevan's favourite uh, phrase it's old heads against young legs um, all, pe- all people can do is 
make an honest assessment of what they think. But until we've seen the action come back upon us, um, that that's all it really is. It's, it's, a, it's a guess. Gordon, we're only second guess. Of course we are. We don't know. We've gone with Rangers and the fact that we're saying, right, two terrific signings in Defoe and Davis, only because of experience, only because where they've played their football. Celtic have went down the other road, younger guys. Uh, we don't know how they're going to fit in. We don't know how Davis Defoe's going to fit in. We don't know what systems are going to be played. I think that's why it's so exciting. And other teams, you just even look at, um, for instance, this January, you look at Motherwell, Ross McCormack. You never have thought for a minute that Motherwell would ever get Ross McCormack back. Rangers have strengthened, Celtic have strengthened, Aberdeen have brought in, Hibs, you know, with Ryan Gold coming back. I just think it's something to really look forward to from now to the end of the season and we'll have plenty of talking mm. points. Uh, Chris W perhaps make, makes an interesting point because he says, Roger, that Rangers have replaced Ajaria and Sadiq with Davis and Defoe. So not a bigger squad, but undoubtedly an improved one. And then if you take Celtic, Celtic haven't lost anyone and they've added those three attackers. I know it's fun in this city, in this part of the world, this is what we do. We compare against the other team. If Celtic compare themselves with Celtic And Rangers compare themselves with Rangers They are both undeniably stronger than they were Yeah and listen You listen to the chat You hear Pierre Van Hoydonk You hear Terry Butcher We knew in the afternoon of December 29th After Rangers had beaten Celtic in the derby It was the last game before the winter break We knew there was then going to be this three week spell Of the phony war The discussion, the chat All the different opinions as to how Things were going to be once we picked up and we still don't know how things are going to be once we pick up into the league again a week tomorrow night. Um, Celtic looks stronger, particularly in attacking areas. Rangers look stronger because Ejaria and Sadiq, who didn't really make much of an impact in the first half of the season, are replaced by Defoe and Davis, who you would expect to be a significant upgrade. So the two teams look stronger. Um, Kilmarnock, if they don't get Greg Stewart back, will look weaker. Aberdeen have lost Max Lowe. Perhaps look weaker So you would expect The two Glasgow clubs To pull away From the other two title challengers It'll be fascinating to see What one pulls away At a quicker rate That pretty much has to be the aim For any club During any transfer window To improve Everyone's got rivals But you can't become obsessed With what someone else does If you come out of a window Stronger than you went in mm-hmm. Job done Well without a shadow of a doubt that's your, That is your job to, As a manager and um, you know, chief exec, to make sure that when the window closes, you feel as a squad and as a team, you're a stronger team, stronger unit, and you've replaced players with better players. Whether that works, Gordon or not, is completely different. You can't guarantee anything. As much as you look at these guys' careers and you know players that have uh, turned up at different clubs, whether it be you know Aberdeen, uh, Commander struggling a little bit, Hibs, uh, Celtic, Rangers, you cannot guarantee they're going to hit the ground running. You're hoping, you're looking at your squad, thinking I've got more options, <laughs> we're stronger. But you can't guarantee in football. That's why it's so exciting this season. It's at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Anthony Neal says Yaya Toure would be a great signing. Um, he says he's a class act, proven winner. Only things wages. As for fitness, he would stroll through games up here. Class act. 01419511025 in the phones. Uh, we'll hear from Stephen McManus. He's got a new job back at Celtic. We'll hear from him next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. 
They know the score Talk to Thompsons.com Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard You can give us a call On the usual number uh, Or you can send us a tweet At Clyde SSB The pen is on He's been listening to the show On the way home With his three year old Joshua He's oh. been shouting Super Scoreboard at the radio And says that DL is talking nonsense His young Joshua it's knows his stuff old. Yeah He Josh, knows already Yeah he definitely does yeah, Good on you Get Joshua bed. Anyway What's At Clyde up? SSB on Twitter It's 0141 951 1025 That's the number on the phones uh, Hugh is a Partick Thistle fan in Cumbernauld Hi Hugh How you doing Gordon? Uh, Gordon and Roger Hi Hugh How you doing? Yeah just the sad news about Chris Erskine today uh, Obviously a big fan's favourite But we spoke to I didn't speak to him personally My son spoke to Chris Erskine about 10 days ago And he told my son then He felt he was being pushed out by the club He was actually gutted Kissy, it was like the rest of the players who played for us last season, but no, haven't been consistent this season at all. And we just can't win games by playing tippy-tappy football. You've got to play ugly in this league. And unfortunately, I'm really concerned again about the state we're in again, unfortunately. Um, guys, I don't know what you think. Roger, when when fans' favourites start, start leaving, and I'm not saying that, that means it's the wrong decision but it's clearly it's a big decision. It, it won't have been taken lightly by anyone and it will definitely... Divide opinion Yeah um, Listen it's a bit If, if they let Chris Doolan go As well I think Chris Erskine His time At the club Has probably come to an end You could see When Gary Harkin Signed at the start of the month He sort of knew That, that was going to be Chris Erskine heading out um, It became a race Between Livingston And Eddie United As to where he was going to go to He decided to go back Into the Premiership Join Livingston In a permanent deal Good luck to him Should have been an asset To Gary Holton David Martin Dale at Livingston But um Thistle better hope That by the end of the month They have got Adequate players in They can get them out of this mess um, I listened to the show last night And it was a succession of Thistle fans like Hugh um, I think at one point you actually said There was successive callers blaming Gary Caldwell, Jackie Lowe Brian Kerr was even getting it The assistant manager at one stage There is real concern Dismay, distress among Hugh And the Jags faithful mm. The descent has been spectacular from the top six in the Prem to relegation to potentially a second relegation. And Falkirk have acted quickly in January. Ray McKinnon has overhauled the squad to significant effect. They've won it here, they've got a point at Furhill. I watched Alloa beat Morton at the weekend. And Thistle need to get their act together if they think they can overhaul Alloa, let me tell you. So Gary Caldwell has an awful lot of work to do. Um, but I think Hugh's right to be worried. Can I just quickly say, can I defend Jackie Lowe here? Jack, Jackie Lowe has given uh, Gary Corbell money for, for Gary Cole to invest. Now, you can have this old argument. Okay, Gary Corbell, it's not Gary Corbell's team, but he's signed four players. Okay, they've played two games, but, but they haven't lost. So he's brought in, he's brought in four, four decent signings. And, he, and the guy who's now trying to chase... Another couple of signings up for up front because that's what we have a powder puff up front, and you don't score goals, you don't win games, Gordon. And uh, 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 Roger, are you saying Hugh, you're happy with your manager just now? <sighs> I'm say I'm happy. Mm. I just don't know if he's got the ability to beat packed defenses because that's all these teams are doing. They're coming to for Hill. If you're working in an industry that we call a results-driven business. And I know it's early in his career at Partick Thistle And I don't like to see any manager coming under pressure Getting the sack, I've been there uh, But one victory in 12 
Sitting bottom of the league ain't good enough. And yeah, I under, understand the gun. His, yeah. his, his record's actually worse than our natural balls, and that's why I was a caller who got involved with Hugh Cavens putting a call out to Jackie Lowe. Mm. Uh, to be fairness to Jackie, Jackie answered my letter personally. She telephoned me. So the board, the board are concerned, obviously. Surely you can point some manager. Sh- you, sh- surely you've got to take yeah. responsibility. Okay. You, you can't. You surely cannot sack Gary Caldwell because no, no, if you have a situation no, where you have no. three managers in the course of a season, people will correctly turn round and point the finger at the board of directors, at Jackie Lowe, at Jerry Britton, at the people running the club because listen. People sack managers, of course they do. And, you know, it, it was a shame for Alan Archibald, but you could understand why there was that parting of the ways. But if they have to sack Gary Caldwell in double quick time, people will rightly point the finger at the R- board. Roger, here's a question then, and I don't think it'll happen. Um, if Party Thistle go out the Scottish Cup at home to Sunra on Saturday, I think the board have got a massive decision to make because there will be the biggest uproar Ever, I, I, you, you, know, you know something. I don't think it matters. If Partick Thistle get put out of the cup on Saturday, I don't think that will matter one iota. I think all that Hugh and the Thistle fans are worried about is avoiding another, avoiding back to back relegations. I think the Sunrise game doesn't matter. Win, lose, or draw, just get on with it. The bigger game is a weekend Saturday at home to Queen yeah, of the South. Yeah, that that's the big one. I'm going there for Super Scoreboard a weekend I, I, Saturday. I find, I that find, is huge. I understand what you're saying about the relegation, but I find that astonishing that a club like Partick Thistle and we're sitting here saying if they get knocked out the cup at home to Sunra after one victory in the last twelve, it doesn't matter. I think that Partick Thistle in a real bad place. Well, I think they're in a bad place, but if you if you, well, I think they're in a worse place but, than I thought they were. But if you entrust a manager to bring in half a dozen new signings and that potentially is going to grow, then you're going to have to you're going to have to see that project through. I mean, that, that just makes that's and just blatant uh, common sense, uh, is it? Uh, in the modern day game, Gordon, you, you don't see that through. I know what you're saying about making sense. The modern day game, you see it not just in Scotland, everywhere, England, yeah. wherever abroad. People have gone into jobs And after so many weeks, months Or whatever it may be They've decided That's just, yeah, I You think, have a I look at Alan sure. Stubbs Have a look at Alan Stubbs at St Man. He brought in his own players How many players did he sign at St Man? Roger, you probably Oh, loads and loads Right The board backed him How long did they give yeah. him? Four league games? Yeah, yeah I think, the, I think the, the timing the, of the window is everything the, though Because the, 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 when the window then arrives and you're then having to rip yeah. up the, you know that that changes I, the dynamic. I, I, I know what you mean, but normally when teams change manager, why do they change manager? They change manager because they hope the new guy will kick on. They'll get uh you know that that kind of bounce back effect you tend to get with a new manager. This season's been bizarre because when Thistle appointed Gary Caldwell, they didn't get that bounce. Initially, when Falkirk appointed Ray McKinnon, they didn't get the bounce. They have they've had a couple of results now that he's been allowed to change six or eight or ten players in the window. Look at the Prem With Oren Kearney St Mirren didn't really get a bounce Didn't mm-hmm. they? Dundee haven't had a bounce With Jim McIntyre So teams are changing manager But they really struggled To change results If you like this season Alright thank you to Hugh and Cumbernauld Jim is on Twitter He says it's a major PR disaster By Thistle The fans favourite Chris Erskine's forced out It's obvious that Non-fans favourite Gary Caldwell didn't fancy him But he's good enough For a top 6 Premier League manager Who would you trust Says Jim uh, On Twitter Let's hear from Stephen McManus He says he's determined To find Celtic's Future stars Now that he's back at the club He is the under 18's coach And he says It was tough though To leave his academy role At Motherwell 
first things first because everybody there was absolutely terrific with me. It was a fantastic club to be a part with. I tried to give it absolutely everything that I had as a player and then as a coach and and that's what's led to me obviously coming back here. So I'm very thankful for them um, and obviously thankful for the for the staff here, the manager here, Chris McCart here for, for, for bringing me in. The young kids come here at a very young age the same ways that they do a lot of the other academies in the, in the country and there's a lot of talented young players, a lot of talented young players in this country. As a nation, we're quick to, to beat them with a stick, to turn around and say, oh, he's not good enough, he's not good enough. I've seen it, I've worked in, 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 in the under-18s and the under-17s for the last five years. While I was still playing, I was working in, in that environment, so I could see the talent, I could see the talent at other football clubs. At this football club, there's some special, special talents. But they also need to realise that it's not just going to happen for them. It's important that they need to work for it, they need to be dedicated. The manager and the, and the coaching staff at first team level, they'll, they'll be the ones that will make the, the decisions up. Like I say, my job here is going to be to focus on the on the under-18s as such to, to help produce some players for, for the first team. That's what I'm going to do and that's what I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to do. If you can produce young players that are going to save the club millions of pounds, then great. It's easy to forget at this time of the year, Roger, because everyone's excited about signings and perhaps spending a bit of money and, and getting those new names in. But every single club in Scotland, and you have to include Celtic within that, would still rather make their own. Yeah. And and it saves you money. It's quite yeah, simple. Yeah, it saves you money. And it also, you know, supporters would rather you raise your own because there's a bond there's a special bond between homegrown players and the support look at the way Celtic fans take to, to Kieran Tierney to, to Callum McGregor because they've seen those players coming through the ranks and there is something special about you know guys who, who have come through from the age of 8 or 9 or 10 or whatever making it all the way to the first team and having a wee bit of success um, I think Stephen McManus will do well come into you know, the role that Sean Maloney vacated when he went to, to hook up with Roberto Martinez with Belgium Um I need to ask that so, I mean, wh- Where does it leave Motherwell Because Motherwell lost Stephen Cragen mm. In the system Not long before Christmas They've now lost Stephen McManus um, The first team manager himself Stephen Robinson um, Is being watched by, by Luton Town With a view to perhaps Filling the vacancy there um, You know it, it's, still, it's a big season still for Motherwell They are in the Scottish Cup Simple, simple Roger game. I'll take over with Gordon My sidekick <laughs> we'll, we'll Dutch Clyde You've Take just, Motherwell to the top six You've just terrified an entire town <laughs> but, 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 In one but, sentence But excited the supporters of Dundee St Mirren and Hamilton <laughs> don't, exactly. worry, don't worry Gordon I'm used to going to cup finals Semi-finals with teams <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but, but seriously you know, Motherwell will have to address this There's a couple of key personnel They don't work with a big support staff Beneath Stephen Robinson um, they, they work with the ones that they need And they clearly needed Stephen Craig and Steve McManus Both have now gone uh, it's going to be a big job will, for Motherwell uh, to find adequate it, replacements. It will be a big miss because um, I was very fortunate. I watched uh, the two two lads working at Motherwell uh, quite often, and um, they were terrific. You've got to say they worked very hard. Stephen and, McManus, yeah, Stephen Craig, yeah, <laughs> yeah, terrific. They really were, and uh, I think the young boys bought into their ideas and they worked very hard for them. So there'll be a big, big miss for Motherwell, no doubt about that. But. Uh, I'm delighted McManus has got would, his move Lovely would, guy Would it be a worry to you The possibility of Stephen Robinson Being on a, a short list For the Luton Town job Yeah I'd be devastated Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday It is time for Beat the pundit Gordon DL lost On Thursday night Didn't you? 
You, one loss. That's all you can tell. You never talk about my victories. So your your uh, your unbeaten run in the calendar year lasted ten days. I hope that coin lands at me tonight. Oh. I want back on the saddle. So they are right. Anyway, Roger Hannan. <laughs> Please uh, Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here And one of them is going to be taking on you At Beat the Pundit If tonight is your night 01419511025 Give us a call now Because you only have until the news at 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hannan and Gordon Diel are here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Uh, as we've been for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking all the transfer news and rumours of the day. So keep your thoughts coming on that. Plenty more where that came from. Uh, and we're also joined in the studio by a young amputee footballer with a very inspirational story to tell. So we're going to get to that as soon as we finish this. The Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Beat the Pundit time Big pressure if the coin falls on Gordon DL Because his unbeaten run this year lasted 10 days He was bragging about it, Roger Hanna He was saying I'm unbeaten in 2019 Then the 10th of January came around And it went So we'll see how he gets on this afternoon What does it mean then? If the coin that's what I said at the start I'm hoping it does fall Good. for once <laughs> So am I Right Mark I, is told, a ra- I told you you retired me Mark is a Rangers fan in Balloch on the line Hi Mark How's it going alright? Not too bad Do you fancy your chances? Uh, I'm not too sure I've not seen the news today So <laughs> That's good not, not always a great start I must admit uh, <laughs> Anyway It's been about four years I think Since Roger Hanna lost So let's see what the coin says Heads it's Roger Tails it's Gordon Please be Tails and it is actually tails. Let's see. It is, look. Oh, I was so it's kidding you. on. I was kidding <laughs> It's your chance up against Mark from Balak. Let me give you some Clyde 2 in your ear so you don't know what we are saying. Um, and we'll get your time started. Mark, have you ever played before? I haven't, no. All right, okay. Well, here's, a, here's the drill. You've got 30 seconds. You're going head to head with Gordon. Yep. You can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. You ready? Yep. Scunthorpe winger Andy Dales has joined which Scottish team on loan? Uh, What's the nickname of Clyde? Uh, Who won last season's Scottish League 2? Which Partick Thistle player signed for Livy today? Chris Dillon Which current English Premier League team was Stephen Davis on loan from when he first played for Rangers in 2008? Uh, Alex Dyer is assistant to which Scottish Premiership manager? Again. No, just guess one. Come on, just guess a manager in the Premiership. Who's Alex Dyer's assistant to? Uh, Tommy Wright. Okay, doke. Let's bring Gordon Deal back. Gordon, are you with us? Yes, I am. Mark was on fire. I, know, I can imagine, way, but honestly, I'm up, I'm up for it. Right, same set of questions to you. You ready? Yes. Scunthorpe winger Andy Dales has joined which Scottish team on loan? Andy Dale has went to Dundee. <laughs> what is the nickname of Clyde? Bullaby. Who won last season's Scottish League 2? Uh, pass Which Partick Thistle player today Eskin. signed for Livingston? Which current English Premier League team was Stephen Davis on loan from Fulham. when he first played for Rangers? Alex Dyer is the assistant manager to which Scottish Premiership manager? Kamarnock Don't know uh, So l- let me get this straight You <laughs> think there is a Scottish Premiership manager called Kilmarnock? <laughs> Or Stevie Clark Right Just double checking no, Just making I mean. sure Sorry sorry I was, 
I was getting carried away Hold on, hold on You think this job isn't hard enough I'm supposed to know what you meant I'm supposed to get inside that head I don't think so Are Uh, you If if, if that's your right answer Mark (laughs) How how do you think it went Mark? Not too well to be honest with you Yeah I think think It's a bit different when you're on on air It is, it's the pressure isn't it? Uh, Right, let's go through them Scunthorpe winger Andy Dales has joined which Scottish team on loan? It's Dundee 1-0 to Gordon (laughs) DL it then goes 2-0 Because oh. he knew that Clyde's nickname was The Bully Wee Roger would you care to tell us Who won last season's League 2 I can't remember it Last season's League 2 Oh what I was in Forfa Oh come on no, Roger Hanna I've never heard you get a question wrong Montrose Oh Montrose won asked you Peter oh, did Peter oh, yeah, Head I think we're second uh, Which Partick Thistle player signed for Livy It's Chris Erskine So it's a 3-0 lead for oh, Gordon Dio Up the road I hate it when this happens honestly uh, Which current English Premier League team Was Stephen Davis on loan from oh. Mark, I thought as a Rangers fan you'd remember this. No, it's the pressure. It's the pressure. pressure. It's no four nil, is it? It's four nil. Give Mark a bonus point. Alex Dyer is the assistant manager to which Scottish Premiership yeah. manager? Come I just, on, I, Stevie Clark. I just looked up a list of all the, the Premiership managers' names. I can't see any manager called Kilmarnock. <laughs> You're not giving me so that. So you get it wrong, and I'm going to deduct one because it was so bad. But uh, still a comfortable win for you. Hard lines, Mark. Was it Stevie Clark? Ah, yeah. Good man. Yeah, it was Mark. It was, Good game Yes Good game nah, mate. What have I doing? No no it was close <laughs> Hard lines up was Mark in Balak There you go you're back on oh, track Oh back on track Undefeated uh, uh, yeah, This uh, week a, a one a one match undefeated streak yeah. Brilliant well done to when you, you When you were humming and hoeing over that first question I oh, feared I the first ever nil-nil draw So did I Oh so did I. Roger I I must admit Right anyway Roger Hannan and Gordon DL are here We're still taking your calls On all the football stories of the day So get in touch on 0141 951 uh, we're also on Twitter as normal At Clyde SSB I'm pleased to say though We've got a special guest in the studio for the second hour uh, We're joined by Rebecca Seller Who is an amputee footballer um, You may have seen Rebecca's story um, Appearing on Twitter and various other outlets In the last couple of days But if you haven't uh, Rebecca it's been a, a busy couple of days for you Just I- explain a bit about what your your story is And, and how football, why football is so important to you um, I've been an amputee since I was one year old um, and I've always been really active but a couple of years back um, my disability started really affecting me so I decided to kind of branch out and try some parasport basically and football was one of the first ones which I gave a shot um, I tried it out there and I just I found where I should be basically I like, gave it a shot, competed in the English Amputee Football Association League and eventually went on to compete for Scotland um, over the course of the years so yeah that's we're talking about the story we're kind of sharing it because I'm taking part in this project basically with the SFA to really share the good that football can have on society and hopefully get more people involved in the sport I mean at this time of year we've been looking at various things away from the top level the you know the, the kind of run of the mill stuff that, that we see every day what Impact has has football had on your life? Then what what difference has it made? It's made a massive difference. It's um at the point when I was looking into really, but, but before I took up any of the para sport, um I was really affected by joint problems, things which commonly affect amputees. Um, I was isolated. I wasn't active. I couldn't do anything basically, and I, it that like obviously that had a really big impact on my mental health as well. So. And I never saw myself as a team player either. I was quite, I was a loner in that sense as well. So to be a part of football, when I gave took it up, it, I became a part of a team. I had people supporting me. 
learn so much about myself and what it really means to contribute and be a part of something like that. Um, it completely changed me mentally, like physically. I'm so much better off now. And it's basically every single aspect of my life has been affected by being a part of it. You said you've been an amputee since age one. Yes. How challenging has it been? It's had it. It's been a bit. It's it's unique from maybe the perspective that people would expect as amputees, where you have a traumatic accident. Because um, obviously, it's all I've ever really known. But that's kind of presented its own challenges, and I've adapted in certain ways and not really known. I've maybe compensated. So that's when I've ended up with these joint problems and the back problems because I haven't really. Yeah, I was kind of holding myself my whole life in the wrong way. Um, and then growing obviously, growing up obviously, I had the did deal with bullying in school, kind of having to learn to stand out from the crowd when sometimes you don't want to. It was, it was a bit challenging, but I'm here now. Mm. And it's all been good. I was going to say, um, it's just a, it's a, it's a sad fact. We, we wish it wasn't this way, but, but school, primary school and high school, that can be a challenging environment for, for everyone, for, for many people. Yes. Um, and you're nodding, which suggests that, that <laughs> that's something that you um, experienced as well. Yeah, I think... Primary school, I went to Calder Primary, and which is now demolished. But um, that was only maybe not your like, fault or anything. <laughs> no? No? Okay. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> I think it was about a hundred people in that school maximum. It was small, and high school, DL high school, that was that was like eight hundred-ish people. It was Gordon DL also went to that high school, so we won't hold that against you. Dutch so did, so did I, by the way. But there we yeah. go. I'll know what it was like. <laughs> That, I mean, I went on to a high school. It, we weren't in the catchment area, so I went in there on my own, really. I only knew two other people, and it was a big shock to the system. And I think, as well as that, not knowing a lot of people, a lot of people were getting to know me and having an amputee in their school. It was really intimidating. I had to kind of... I started off hiding, basically. Like, went in with trousers on, and I thought, right, OK, I cannot face these many people in one go. So I didn't say anything about my leg. And unfortunately, it's going to come out, things like that. There's no point in hiding these things. And it did. And people started, I did get bullied because people saw it as a point of weakness. Um, and the effects that I had obviously were tough. But I found, basically, I took the trousers off, wore a skirt, showed my leg off, took the cover off my leg, spray painted it and just went nuts with it. And I think when I embraced that and allowed that to be a part of me, that was when people realised, well, you can't. You can't attack someone for something that they're not ashamed of. Mm. So, Roger, I think everyone listening will will agree. But you know, we we get, perhaps we get caught up in, and we argue about football and all the rest of it, and it's got many problems. Lots have been highlighted over the last few weeks. Uh, but listening to to Rebecca's story, it, it just reminds you of of what a force for good it can be. Yeah, and I was just going to ask Rebecca, why football? You said you you know you embraced para sports. Why was it the football that stood out? Was it because it was a team game as opposed to you know an individual pursuit like swimming or something? I'd always kind of, for me, amputee football in particular stood out because you play it on crutches. Um, I'd never really envisaged myself as being a team player and getting into a team sport like that. But my first, like, I mean, it was the same though. If you grow up in Scotland, you've played football as you've grown up. So it's always kind of be there. Yeah. It's just, um, so I think that was one of the reasons that I was drawn to it to start off with. But amputee football with it being played you're not allowed to wear your prosthetic on the pitch and I use my prosthetic on a day-to-day -day basis so I really wanted that kind of being chucked out of my comfort zone and doing something which taught me and when you were talking so, through your, your career you said you know you play with the English FA yeah. system down there is that because there's a lack I know there's a Scottish yes. national team is there a lack of almost club facilities up here there's we're still 
when I got to the taster session in 2016, that was part accessible and finding your feet that built this taster session. Otherwise, at the moment, we have part accessible and Dundee United that are kind of, they've got two clubs on the go for us at the moment. We don't have the facilities to have our own league, but we are trying to build that at the moment. They do have one down south, though, which they were kind enough to let us be a part of, which, yeah. Hmm. And you talk about, you know, representing your country. That's something that, you know, so many footballers dream of. How, how big a moment was that, and in particular in the context of, of everything that, that you have been through that you've just been telling us about? It started off, uh, like, I would never have envisioned that I would have got to that point at any point. I think when we went down and played in the league at first, I was just like, I basically I thought I was contributing because yeah we didn't have that many players in Scotland for Partick Thistle I thought we needed the players and I was happy to be a part of there and I thought eventually when we built the numbers up I would sit back a wee bit but it just it didn't happen at no point could I sit back I just want like being on that pitch being a part of it it was just everything about the sport and being a part of the team is just addictive basically and we got a chance to do that then we went um, we were invited over to the Netherlands for the Breed of Pad Games and that was our first taste of an international fixture. And it was just incredible. It was 50 minutes on the go. And as soon as we were on that pitch, standing there playing that match, it just the taste of it was fantastic. It was just from that point, basically, we got in there, we got training. We really put the effort in over the next few months. And that was when we finally got to play. So by the time it rolled around, it was just, I've mm. never been so proud. It was amazing. How important is it that, that football in this country continues to strive to be as inclusive as possible so so important I think it's just I like, I wouldn't have ever seen myself as being someone so heavily involved in the sport and there's many out there who wouldn't either and I think that it's something that they should look into it's such a big part of Scottish culture and I think yeah we really need to push to let people know of the advantages and the benefits that it can have it's not just about like we have our para football but it's we've got the initiatives that are on the go youth football we've got the mental health We've got the frame, football, the walk-in. There's just so many. Basically, there will be something out there for everyone. Mm. So. I'm, I'm sure you'll agree. That's Rebecca Seller, a very inspirational story. And she's going to be here for the rest of the show, so we'll uh, chat a little bit more. But don't forget, we're still here on the phones for you. 01419511025. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. Bill is a Celtic fan in Jordan Hill. Hi, Bill. Hi there. Um, Celtic seem to be struggling despite all the time they've had in finding a secure centre-half on a permanent basis. Um, I think, uh, in my opinion, we'd be better going for someone with a lot of experience who is available, um, and that person is Ruth at uh, Leicester City. He's been out on loan. He's come back from that loan period. Um, if we introduced him, he could strike up a partnership with, with uh, Benkovic, and the two of them would go back to Leicester in the summer. This might um, be a, this I might also be a think b- that we bill. need strengthening um, from a holding player in the middle of the park because if Scott Brown's injured, we don't have any other ball winners as such in the middle of the park. Yeah, uh, Roger, I found what might be a problematic tweet from Robert Huth. It's on January the 11th. There was a story about him going to Derby with to team up with Frank Lampard. Uh, Robert Huth quote tweeted it and said, "This literally couldn't be less true. I've retired." Um, so I don't know. That might that. That, that sounds like quite a big obstacle. I don't know if Bill can uh, tease him out of retirement. Um, yeah, listen, I, th- I think people before Christmas were talking about how well Boyata and Benkovic were doing for Celtic. Um, they had a wee wobble, Boyata in particular, 
over the festive period. Um, Long term, they are going to be separated by Atta and Benkovic and they will both leave Celtic. But I think between now and the end of the season, I think that will be Celtic's preferred central defensive pairing and then Celtic can address the issue in the summer. Um, As for Bill's point about Scott Brown, Scott Brown's a tricky one because there'll be Celtic fans will phone this show and tell you Celtic's best form of the season was in the spell when Scott Brown was out of the team in the midfield three of McGregor lying deep with Christie and Rogic in slightly more advanced roles. Um, Scott Brown came back into the team over the festive period, um, took a bit of criticism for his display at Ibrox between Christmas and New Year, and it'll be interesting to see once everyone's back, once Rogic is back from the Asian Cup, once everyone's fit, just exactly the makeup of that Celtic midfield in the second half of the season. I think Roger, I'll be very surprised if Celtic bring in another centre half in the January window. Gone. I always think that the best window to go and get players for the long term future is uh, the summer one. And I think that Roger's right. I think between now and the end of the season, I think Celtic will be doing a lot of work in that department because they'll have to strengthen there, of course. But I just think that the January window sometimes isn't the greatest window because you're getting players that probably clubs don't really want. Whereas you get to the summer, you've got players out of contract, there'll be agents doing deals. I think you've got a better quality of player to choose from. Um, Bill, it's not something that's particularly imminent, but obviously there's a lot of rumour and speculation out there regarding Scott McKenna. Is that one that would excite you or not? It would certainly excite me, but I don't think there's any prospect of it coming off. I think um, I think Aberdeen are, will dig their heels in quite a wee bit. I know there's been various rumours about Jack Henry going there and uh, Johnny Hayes going back on a permanent basis and things like that, but I, I don't think there's any truth in either. Uh, Roger, the other thing about Scott McKenna is he's, um, he's, he's not short of clubs that, that want him, ultimately. No, absolutely not. And I think the, the problem Celtic now have is there were a couple of tickles at Scott McKenna and they haven't been able to get him. Scott McKenna's now in a long-term deal at Petodio. Aberdeen hold all the cards. And if Celtic are to get Scott McKenna, either now or in the summer, they're going to have to pay top dollar to get Scott McKenna. They really are. I mean, you, you could be pushing, you know, seven, eight, nine million pounds to get Scott McKenna. Um, the Celtic want to commit that amount of money on a centre-half. You know, they, they've paid nine million pounds before for Hudson Edward, ten million, I think it was. But that's a centre-forward. Strikers, you know, carry that wee extra premium on, the, on their fees. I can't see Celtic paying that amount of money for a central defender Okay, thanks to Bill in Jordan Hill Roger and Gordon are still here taking your calls we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB uh, we are still joined in the studio by Rebecca Seller a very inspirational amputee footballer talking about disability football alongside all the usual stories and transfers of the day so give us a call and we've got a good full time teaser coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here. They're waiting for your calls and tweets. We're also joined tonight by Rebecca Seller, who's a very inspirational uh, young footballer, as I'm sure you've gathered if you've been listening. An amputee footballer. We're talking about disability football alongside taking your calls if you've got anything else on your mind as well. So... We've got a lot to get through. We better get this teaser up and running. Uh, Rebecca's worried that she's going to be called upon to try and help these guys out, but don't worry. You can just sit back and enjoy their attempts at getting these answers. So, John Smith sent tonight's question in, and he's looking for 12 goalkeepers since 1985 who've played in an English FA Cup or League Cup final, but also played in Scotland. 
So since 1985 12 goalkeepers Have played in either An English FA Cup Or League Cup final And they've also played In Scotland Hey Jim Leighton Oh well, yeah Man U Yep Man United in 1990 And then of course A few for Aberdeen up here Yep I played for Aberdeen up here I should say mm. Jim Leighton 11 more to go You've got between now and the end of the show If you've never heard the teaser before Here's the deal You send the questions to us And we give the guys until the end of the show To come up with the answers So if you've got a good one Send it please to fulltime At Clyde1.com Come on Rebecca hey, Chip in Did Chris Wood play for Norwich <laughs> In the 85 League Cup oh, final? Look at that Honestly that is, That's good knowledge Chris Woods He actually played for Sheffield Wednesday In both cup finals oh, In 93 yeah. as well I'm surprised yeah. you missed those Roger I was just about to come to that And you interrupted yeah. me So Chris Woods And Jim Layton Looking for another 10 goalies That played in an English FA Cup Or League Cup final And also played in Scotland You can play along um, At Clyde SSB Gordon You bringing anything to the table? I'll get the same look as Rebecca just now <laughs> Come on I'm trying to think Some of these are murder right But some mm. are uh, Some are very doable Verging on easy I would say Virgin on easy mm-hmm. Come on now Yep Virgin on There must be a Celtic goalkeeper in there Got to be Roger It's got, it's got to be it's One of these stars we'll, Once we get rolling We'll be Well who, who would be Celtic's goalkeepers then Who are you thinking No well, Don't Fraser Foster That's for sure <laughs> Fraser Foster Play for Southampton Against Man U So hold on It's not Fraser Foster That's for sure Did you just say No I say it's Fraser Foster For sure Oh right okay <laughs> Fraser Forster Southampton in the League Cup in yeah. 2017 and he of course played for Celtic yes Gordon alright alright we'll leave it there you've got another nine to go um, on Twitter at Clyde SSB James wants to know Roger if there's any truth in the rumour about Graham Shinney to Rangers no there we go James hope that answers your question <laughs> is that it one more answer I can elaborate if you yeah, want Yeah go on why not uh, No I don't think so uh, Graham Shannon's a player I like I think he's a very good player I've, I've liked him since his days at Inverness um, I don't think Graham Shinney will re-sign for Aberdeen I think he will move on um, He might even sign a pre-contract with somebody Before the end of the season to move on I don't think Rangers will be his destination Derek McInnes has already told people that Shinney's told him he won't go to another Scottish club There we go Gordon Diel That, that makes sense to you um, You're still worrying about the question aren't you No not really I don't understand why a player would say to a manager I won't go in our Scottish Cup He's got to look after himself If Rangers came calling and offered him more money Then he's quite entitled to go and sign the Rangers Never mind his loyalty to Aberdeen I'm not a Graham, Graham Chinney fan um, I think he's very average player and I don't think that Rangers need him To be quite honest with you I think he's better off staying at Aberdeen uh, Okay there was another tweet Roger Wells were just talking about Different stories and rumours And how much truth there may or may not be In various things um, I'm having to go back quite a bit to, to find the tweet But someone did tweet to ask about This Olivier and Cham business Yeah uh, There it is uh, In fact I think it's your newspaper It says uh, Celtic's Olivier and Cham to Porto Portuguese giant set to make a £14 million bid yeah, that's uh, Porto's interest. Their coach Sergio Conceição is a big fan of Encham. Looked at him in the summer. Celtic didn't want to do business in the summer. Um, Encham, for me, has been affected by Porto's interest. I don't think Encham was as effective for Celtic in the first half of the season as he's been in previous seasons. Um, he has seen his close pal, Moussa Dembele, get a move away from Celtic. I think Encham will see his long-term future away from Celtic, maybe in one of the more glamorous European leagues. 
Um, Country South still wants him. Um, I believe reports in Portugal will, will tell you that he's willing to use Sean Salembemba, the centre half, as a bargaining tool, if you like, in, in the deal as a player that Brendan Rodgers has been interested in in the past. It's not to say the deal will go through, but it is to say as Porto still retain an active interest and are keen to get in champ whenever they can. Anthony Harris was tweeting asking about that one. Uh, Gordon, it's a strange one because Roger cites the first half of the season, but I suppose it's maybe that's been a bit harsh on champ. Is it not really up until the injury? Um, I mean, well, again, maybe there's another time period there that I'm missing out, but he certainly was he not man of the match in the first Rangers game. Everyone was banging on about how great he was and how he ran the midfield. Um, so it's not been this entire season that he's not. No, his form's been up and down, Gordon. But the one thing about the lad is he's a terrific football player. He's a terrific midfield player, and um, he's just gone through one of these seasons that you know a couple of little niggly injuries may play a part in that. Um, his form has dipped, um, but I'm sure with the ability that he's got, mm. he'll get that back very uh, quickly because he has got good talent. Yeah. Now we are also joined in the studio, remember, by Rebecca Who is a, a talented amputee footballer She's sharing her inspirational story with us this evening um, Rebecca, what would you say to anyone Who's struggling out there under the weight of, of having a disability Perhaps struggling, well, obviously, physically, mentally as well Though, doesn't know where to turn And would consider sport, para-sport, para-football As a, a partial solution to that What, what would, you, would you, your words of recommendation be? Say get out there, get involved, start asking the questions. SFA are there, they've got yeah, their Twitter, just get in contact and see. Um and I think like even for the like if you have a disability, Jet, you may not think that sport would make any difference to you, but it it's it plays a huge part, I think, and it kinda for me it helped me adapt to life and really learn how to overcome obstacles. And so I'd say that to the it can do a lot more for you than you would believe it could. So I think. What, what do you mean by that? Then we talk, you know, confidence, self-esteem. Is yeah. that and what impact did it have on you that you you perhaps think it, it may have on others? It's completely changed me as a person. I think I'm much more able to hold my own. I know what I'm capable of. Um, I know what I want in life as well, and I think yeah, that understanding of going out there and sometimes finding your own path in life. I think. That's what it can give other people mm. as well. Because I mean, the, the, the series of the, the project you're part of with the Scottish FA is sort of titled, if you like, you know, football saved my life. And is is that is is that the way you feel about it? Is is it that strong? Is that strong? Yeah, I've like for anyone who's had battles with mental health, you know, like the anxiety, the depression. It it can it doesn't matter if you're functioning fully physically, if you've got. If you're feeling that way then it's the worst thing in the world and without having been a part of Partick Thistle and playing amputee football I don't know that I would have really gained so much from life and the experiences I've had I know for a fact that it's really it's it has me where I am today and that's simply just living independently as well as enjoying what I'm doing in life as well hmm. uh, Willie Pettigrew not, yes. that, not that one Before oh. you get excited I knew you were going to dive in on that one uh, Willie Pettigrew is on the phone from East Kilbride uh, And Willie <laughs> I reckon uh, Parts of, of Rebecca's story And what she's had to say Will will resonate with you Just explain a bit why Absolutely Well my, my role is within Power, power chair football uh, and, and that's one of the very few sports For power chair wheelchair users uh, And it's a team sport as well It's football uh, Scotland is a football country All of our players love football 
and they never thought they would get a chance to play the game when they were growing up, and now they 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 have that opportunity. But to play in a team, it, it just gives them so much self-esteem. They become the, the they're the stars of the show. When we go to the games, they're the ones that everybody's looking up to, and everybody's wanting to go and see and want to congratulate and want to get on with, rather than being in the background watching everybody else. As I say, they're, they're the stars. They're the ones that everybody wants. And it does so much for for their, their own well-being to, to be in that team and to be part of a team, uh, to playing games, to compete, to be winning, uh, to be making friends and everything that goes along with a team sport. Yeah, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, sorry, I think I'm right in saying. You know, there's a league now, a power chair league on the go. Is it yeah. twelve teams? I think at the moment. Um, what's well, how, how much involvement is there? You'll you'll be able to tell us about the setup. Yeah, we've got we've got two leagues. We've got a, a championship league, which is more of which is for a, a development league. So that's a pathway for any new players that come in. The uh, the players there play at various speeds, uh, and we've got a premiership, which is a, a kind of more elite players, if you like, if you want to put it that way. And that's played at kind of 10k. So there's there's varying levels and there's varying levels for players coming in and they can play to enjoy it. They can play to compete. They can play to compete to to join a, a newly formed national team, which has only just started at the end of December. Uh, so different levels there and different levels for anybody that wants to join the sport. The, the, the league's been going since kind of 2013-14 season. Uh, so we're, we're a good way down the road with that. Uh, we're still trying to look to develop and get more teams in and, and get bigger. Uh, but it's it's very competitive mm. and the players absolutely love it. What type of age range are we talking? Any. Uh, I mean you, you can you can play the game at any age basically. We've got we've got players uh eleven, twelve, thirteen year old. Uh in fact uh, when we had our national team the the, the first goal scorer for Scotland is thirteen year old. Well. Uh but we've got players that are fifty, sixty a year old as well so any age it's male and female as well so there's no restrictions in that What difference have you seen it make to these individuals who, who play your sport? Oh, it's, it's massive uh, as I say the, like Rebecca's saying that the, the, they go through so many challenges as, with a disability and uh, not just challenges physically but mentally as well and to have that, that kind of team and that, that ethos and the respect that they gain for each other the respect that everybody gains for them, and as I say, they become the stars, and it it just builds their self esteem, and it just makes them feel that they are important, that they are worthwhile, and uh, it's just phenomenal. My, my son's one of the players, and he's gained so much out of it as well. Is that is that what what's your mate? Is that you talk about your son? Is is that your inspiration? Is is that what drives your involvement? What, what's your own story, Willie, in terms of how you got involved? Well, well, I got involved because my son Thomas. I, joined it, it was uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, uh, I started playing down in Glasgow, was uh, a guy, Stuart Aitchison, that kind of set up Perchair Football in Scotland, and he went along to that and absolutely loved it. Uh, I remember him scoring a goal in one of the first training sessions, and he was away wheeling around, celebrating for about five minutes <laughs> till the game was going on. <laughs> and that, that was the involvement he got, so yeah, that's that was how I got involved in it. I uh, done a wee bit of coaching, and then they, we set up the Perchier Football Association and I, and I got involved a wee bit with that and then kind of took over as a chairperson uh, about a year ago. Uh, so, But yeah, my involvement's around, around my son and it's it's great to see him and the other players that, are, that have grown in the time that I've known them. Yeah, I mean, that must have that must have made and continues to make a, a big difference to you and your family then. Yeah, definitely. 
uh, as I say, growing up, it, it probably wasn't the one that I thought would be an international playing for his country, representing his country. Uh, but, it, but it has been, uh, and it's uh, it just makes it makes you so proud to see not just him, but to see as I say, all the players. I've known the players kind of grown through the past four, five, six years, seven years, eight years, some of them, uh, and that growth in, in them uh, has been phenomenal. And the, and the way that they handle themselves is, is amazing as well. Brilliant. Sorry, you everything you said resonates perfectly exactly with how I felt. It's, yeah, once you've stepped up in disability and disability football, you can't step back. <laughs> but listen, Willie, we really appreciate you taking the time to tell your story. Uh, great stuff. It's, it's clear to hear how passionate you are and how, how big a difference it makes. So keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Cheers. Man, that was Willie Pettigrew. Again, not that one, Gordon, before you start getting <laughs> carried. I know that would have been your favourite oh. growing up. Uh, but again, Roger, back to... That Rebecca says it resonates with her, and you sort of listen. You can hear the, almost the emotion in Willie's voice talking about how much it means to him and, and to loads of other people. Yeah, and it does. And you, you used the phrase earlier on in the show, a force for good. And I think you know you do find so many uplifting stories like Rebecca's, like Willie's story there, where you know two hours in the show every night we debate silly things like who's going to win the league and who's going to win the Scottish Cup games this weekend. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Who wins the games Because life goes on But football can enhance People's lives Like you know Rebecca told the story At the top of the hour Willie's just spoken there Just now We had Paul on last time We think We passed Monday night With Alec and Hugh mm-hmm. And you know It improves the quality Of people's lives It improves the quality Of people's Physical health As Rebecca says And mental health as well And you know We can chat about The silly wee things Like who's going to win The game at the weekend But the big things in life you know, your health, your happiness, your well-being. Football can totally transform those as well. Very much so. That doesn't mean the full-time teaser's not important. So let's see if we can get some answers. Since 1985, 12 goalkeepers. I hope hope that signal means Daz has got two answers. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he's got them turned around the right way. Uh, Since 1985, 12 goalkeepers have played in either an English FA Cup or League Cup final, and they've also played in Scotland. So let me just check Twitter and see if there's any... Inspiration out there Tam Hay has got a good few uh, Who else are we uh, Brian Elder's gone for Stuart McCall It's goalkeepers we're looking for Remember Goalkeepers mm, Played uh, backy uh, John McIlvanny He's got Chris Wood You've already got that one Right what you got for me Gordon Deal I'm going to go with Shea Given No Oh Don't think he ever played for Celtic anyway Don't did think he, he did he, um, I, I like David Marshall No Cardiff um, yeah, but, No yeah, he did. Uh, Alan McGregor for Hull City. No, he didn't. But if you can find out who did play for Cardiff that day, you might be onto something. Alan McGregor for Hull. Yes. Cardiff goalie was Joe Lewis. No. No, I didn't mean in the cup final. The Cardiff goalie was was oh, Joe, right, right, Joe, yeah, Joe sure, Lewis sure. at one stage. Was it Neil Alexander in the cup final? It wasn't. Oh, it was. Has he won? Who? Neil Alexander. Nope. What if I told you this guy was famous for a high-profile blunder that he made? Whilst in England Not up here Peter Enkelman Peter Enkelman Remember it? St Johnson no. Aston Villa The throw in And his own teammate throw, he Throws it back to him And he And it goes he's under his foot under his I'd have been here go, all night go, I wouldn't have got that What about Did Julian Speroni Play for Palace In the cup final? Mm, no No Only other one I thought Tony Parks for Spurs No Right you're doing okay You've got Chris Woods Jim Layton Peter Enkelman Alan McGregor Fraser Foster So what's that one That's 5 of 12 You've got work to do I'll give you some thinking time 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here. Still plenty of time to get in touch, so give us a call on 0141 951 1025. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Um, we've also got Rebecca Seller, um, talented amputee footballer, who's in talking about para football um, and the various impact that's had on her life. We're going through the full time teaser. It's not going great, yeah. um, I must say. And even on Twitter, we're getting the odd gem, but not too many people are managing to put a serious run together. Let's say Tam Hay has got a couple. What's coming in recently? Colin Johnson's having a. Decent goal But again Not making much progress Right the question is this If you're just tuned in 12 goalkeepers Since 1985 Have played in either An English FA Cup Or League Cup final And they've also played In Scotland So guys like Chris Woods Jim Layton Peter Enkelman Alan McGregor Fraser Foster I mean it's since 1985 So I'll say this one thing to you That some of these guys Are finished And some aren't Right Andy Dibble Peter Enkelman's finished Andy Dibble And No I don't know Who else is Sorry Who else Oh Anthony Emmy Must have played for Southampton Did he Anthony Emmy Different class There we go Do you like that wee clue there hmm. Subtle As a sledgehammer <laughs> uh, Anthony Emmy Played for Southampton And of course Rangers and Hearts You just ignored my Andy Dibble Yeah sorry Andy Dibble was correct Well done to you Played with Luton In 1988 Yeah Yeah I remember seeing the game <laughs> who, who did they play as uh, <laughs> the winners of the FA Cup uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have no idea uh, uh, Oh hold on a minute I do know No I don't I'll Manchester you, United I'll give you a hand So some I'll, I'll get some wrong answers Out the way on Twitter Paul Whaley says Johnny Gould He's not one uh, Peter Gray's got one right Colin Williams has gone for Doris De Vries Currently at Celtic um, No A good shout that though It is a good shout He's thrown in another one Which is right And you don't have yet uh, You've got a bit of a spread here right You've still got One from the one from the late 80s You've got two from the early 90s Yeah, you've, you've got a real spread Through the, the mm. years from 85 to now Dave Besant never played up here, did he? Uh, he's not one of the answers No, uh, Stephen Greer has thrown in John Burridge I think you also guessed that, didn't you? I signed him Yeah, but he's not one of the answers I didn't say that I just right, said okay. I signed him That's good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still time for you to phone in Remember 0141-951-1025 Expecting any more business to be done before The the games this weekend Roger In terms of Celtic or Rangers um, Possibly not before the games Remember Rangers playing Friday night At Central Park against Cowden Beath um, I'm still interested to see If anything can be done by Rangers With regard to Jordan Jones and Glenn Kamara Before the end of the month They're on pre-contract deals um, Kamara you wonder if you know, Dundee would allow him to go Might free up a bit of budget for them To go and get other players um, I don't think Greg Stewart's return to Birmingham Has necessarily helped Rangers cause In getting Jordan Jones this month Because you can't really see Kilmarnock in a situation Where they could go for the second half of the season Without both Stewart and Jones Yeah, I think Kilmarnock will need to add to their squad, Gordon um, I'm sure Steve Clark's working very hard behind the scenes with his staff to get players in. Uh, you can't lose the calibre of player that he's he's going to lose, especially Stuart. I think Stuart's been magnificent this season, and um, hope to you know keep up there and and keep challenging. 
Um, so it's important that Kamarnock um, get some players in and strengthen the squad because they're going to need it. Any chance Greg Stewart ends up back in Scotland, Roger? Yeah, um, I think there must be a chance. He's been down in Birmingham a while now. And Aberdeen are interested, are they not? Yeah, if you were Greg Stewart, though, um, you could perhaps make more money at Aberdeen than Kilmarnock, but you would go back and in the evidence of the last 18 months, he's excelled at Kilmarnock, didn't really excel at Aberdeen. He was played in a different position. Career wise, you wonder if a return to Kilmarnock would be more beneficial to Greg Stewart than a return to Aberdeen. Um, Roger, why did they recall him? Because Gary Monk's already come out and said, we're not going to use him. We're not going to. It wasn't like they've recalled him to say, Right, you've got an opportunity to get back in this first team here. You're you're doing terrifically well, Robbie Park. But you wonder if they recall him in the hope that somebody might pay more money, yeah, pay, yeah. Or, or pay a transfer fee to yeah. get him now in a permanent deal. Yeah. All right. A couple of minutes left in the show. Um, Gordon and Roger really need to get their act together with regards to the, um, the <laughs> in, in general. The, yeah. Well, in general, but with regards specifically uh, to the full time teaser. Um, before. We send Rebecca on our way Rebecca has been telling us about her career as an amputee footballer The impact that football has had on her life Indeed she, she credits football with saving her life in many ways um, what, What's next Rebecca? Are you going to continue going to continue playing? What, what sort of challenges are you facing at the moment um, with, with regards to, to playing? So like, it's part of life with a disability You end up with problems that crop up here and there For me at the moment um, they found arthritis in my left hip which is my good side. So hopping about on the pitch, that's not an option at the moment. So, and may not be again, we're not sure at the moment. Um, so I'm looking to take a bit of a back seat off the pitch, but I'm still going to be heavily involved. It's not something I can step back from because as much as I've seen exactly what it can be when you are a part of, when you are on that pitch, as well as that, it's just, it's, it's too good. It's too good to be a part of. I need to make sure I find another role in the sport whether that be helping others get involved or taking a more direct role. And is, is that the power of football right there? Because you're you're hooked now yeah. and you've seen the force for good it can be for you and you might not be able to play anymore. Um but that that doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it's more than just getting on there and getting a game. It's I think it's it's yeah, it's more than the technical talk, but it's also more than just getting on the pitch and playing. There's so much to it. It's just like it's it changes and it saves lives It makes such a difference And you seem to be taking that quite well You seem quite optimistic about it Because you're telling us how, how great it's been for you to, to be able to play football and, and yet so quickly It seems that's taken away from you But you seem to be in pretty good spirits about that I think it's part of having a disability It's Your, the life, your life is never going to be a straight line And I've learned through the challenges I faced That obstacles crop up And you find a way to get around it I've ended up where I am today. I would never have expected this to be the place I'm in, but it's been amazing. And I have confidence that, and again, that's confidence that I've been given through football in knowing that I will find an opportunity and I will make it. And it will still be, I'll still enjoy every minute. Great stuff. It's good to have a wee bit of perspective every now and then. And you have certainly provided that for us uh, this <laughs> evening. You've got these two to blame. That We're, we're going to have to go to the question earlier than usual because they've got so much work left to do. Uh, and a lot of people are hanging on Twitter to find out some of the answers. So, since 1985, 12 goalkeepers have played in either an English FA Cup or League Cup final. And they've also played in Scotland. Matthew has Matthew and Brian have got one that you're looking for. Right, let's do it. We've got work to do. I think you've still got five left. Mm. Did we say Roy Carroll? You didn't. 
Do you want to say Roy Carroll? Lock, yeah. Lock, lock him in. in. Lock him in. Yes. Yes, Roger. Come on, chip in. <laughs> <laughs> remember Roy Carroll been up here? I don't actually remember him playing for Rangers. Yeah, he played for Rangers, yeah. yeah. I think. It doesn't matter, it's in. Yeah. Tick, yeah. The box is on. So one, two, th- four to go. Not a great now. deal of time. Mm. Struggling. We might need some clues here, Gordon. Yeah. Okay, played in the League Cup final in England in 2013 for a lower league side. 2013. In England. Oh, uh, wasn't it yet Bradford were in the final, was it? Who was the Bradford goalie? <sighs> then came up here and was rather good. Not Colin Doyle. No. Nope. Got a hearts now, no? Mm. Was it a hearts? A hearts? You're warm, hearts. Out, we're roasting. Oh, Bradford to hearts to. To Sunderland. Craig Gordon Bradford he never played to Hearts oh, to Sunderland John McLaughlin oh, right. right we're going back about mid 90s he played for a big London club in 94 mm-hmm. and he had a couple of years at Celtic 99 to 02 oh you don't I don't know what you're making that noise for Dimitri you, Karin, you don't do, know this I one do Dimitri, you don't know this one Dimitri, Dimitri yes, Karin. Karin, Karin, I've got yes. to say honestly yeah, you weren't Yes I did Not having that uh, Right okay. uh, Everton, in, Everton in 86 And then a loan spell at Aberdeen in 90 Tough Everton in Oh Bobby Mims Bobby Mims Yes And the last one I think League Cup for Oldham In 1990 And then came up to Dunfermline St Johnson and oh, Airdrie oh, Jordan's old man Andy Rhodes Andy Rhodes There we go Thank you Roger Hanna and Gordon DL For joining me Gordon Duncan They won't mind uh, Reserving the biggest thanks To Rebecca Who was Outstanding Very inspirational Thank you for joining us Rebecca Thank you Thanks as always For your calls And tweets Apologies if you didn't Get through Busy as always But we're back tomorrow In the company of Mark Guidi Jim Duffy And Lauren Shanklin Will join us in the second hour Excellent uh, Callum Gallagher's up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.